Welcome to Exciting Economic Development. First part of this podcast is the real world topic. So what's on my mind? What's ailing me? Well, you know what's ailing me is this Don Cherry thing. I'm surprised and I'm not surprised and I have mixed emotions about it too. I love Don Cherry, but now I don't. And here's Don Cherry, Mr. Kingston. And when I was working for the city of Kingston, I remember they were going to build this beautiful bronze statue of Don Cherry because he's a, he's an icon. Well, Kingston, as of late, is not hitting very well or batting, what do they say, 500. Because, uh, you know, two of the most famous people are not getting statues. And that is Don Cherry and Sir John A. Macdonald. Our first prime minister is from Kingston, Ontario. And it's unfortunate that uh, two of these great heroes are not going to be, I guess, celebrated or even uh, being pioneers in their field. And I guess I'm comparing our first prime minister with different eras, but uh, both of those people were well-respected, and I think are still in some ways, and did a lot for our country. But yet, so quickly now, we're getting rid of, uh, you know, of anything with Sir John A. Macdonald. You know, for example, the public house or Sir John A. Macdonald bar down, down in downtown Kingston, where Sir John A. Macdonald had his office, is not called Sir John A. Macdonald. They switched to public house, and they're trying to change the names of the streets and, and just, you know, eradicate all the reference to Sir John A. Macdonald. And I think the similar thing will happen with Don Cherry is that, uh, you know, maybe some people will forgive him. A lot of people won't forgive him. But, uh, you know, if you think about it, you know, I think for Sir John McDonald, across the country, people are trying to get rid of what happened and, and any memory or any sort of acknowledgement of Sir John McDonald. And I don't think that's right because even though he did a lot of things in, in terms of being a drunk and and to indigenous people and putting them into residential school and some really awful things, you know, it's still a part of history. And I think we have to embrace that. And the reason being is we learn from that. And we learned like back then that wasn't okay. And I think at the time, I'm sure it was okay. And people felt it was okay. And that's same with Don Cherry. Because Don Cherry has outlasted his his time and it's unfortunate i love rock'em sock'em i love the hitting i love hockey and i and i just thought it was cool how he was just able to to uh stick his neck out and then i stopped liking him as much because he didn't learn and he didn't learn with the times and that's unfortunate fortunate you need to kind of adjust and you need to see what your crowd is and he's just stubborn, he, and I don't really think that John Cher, Don Cherry has any remorse whatsoever about what happened, and I don't think he has any understanding, and uh, and I think he's quite indifferent about it. And so he hasn't really learned from it. It's more of, a, for lack of better words, a fuck you attitude, and uh, I know what's best. And, uh, you know, if I look at Rock'em Sock'em, I look how he's belittled some of the instigators in hockey, you know, I, I'm, it's very sad, and I, I, I don't. But I used to like 
like the the fighting in hockey. And now I don't. After my son got two concussions in hockey, and I see that the toughness in there and, and the dirtiness on it, and these are kids' lives or adult lives that are being ruined. Uh, I met Dave Sementenko from the Edmonton Oilers there one time, and he was the uh, basically the bodyguard for Wayne Getz, Gretzky on the ice. And the guy was punch drunk. You know, he couldn't even spell his name. I don't think any sport's worth that, where you lose your your marbles. And uh, it, it saddens me. And I'm I'm glad that the game has actually become more of a skills game and less of a tough, physical, brutal game. It's the only sport probably that I know of that. Uh, you're allowed to fight and actually drop your gloves and actually hit someone in the head without being charged for for assault. Anyhow, on another note, I wanted to talk a little about the divisiveness and how Sportsnet that said it was divisive. And there's been a lot of talk about about diverse uh, about um, I guess diversity and uh, and it seems almost a bit of a fad, but but it isn't. You know, I'm a there's, there's a couple things. First of all, I find it interesting that people can, uh, who are from a culture such as myself, say I'm born, I'm a brown guy from Pakistan, and I am allowed to call myself a Paki. Or if someone is black, they're allowed to call someone the N-word. And I'm not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to call me a Paki, but I can use those words. Well, I don't think that's okay because that makes that other person feel awkward. I don't think if just because you, you're you allowed to say it because that's what you are. I don't know if I necessarily agree that you should say that because that makes everyone really uncomfortable. Another thing is I was going to talk about is Coach's Corner. And they're going to think of replacing it with Brian Burke. He's with Calgary Flames, the executive and they want to keep Coach's Corner. Now, why don't they just really switch that up with Coach's Corner? Like, I love Coach's Corner. And I, I used to like the uh, the relationship and how they used to go back and forth between Ron McLean and Don Cherry. Just two opposite guys, right? And then Ron was like the kind of the eloquent, very articulate uh, speaker. Incidentally, that is from Red Deer, Alberta, where we are recently from. Uh, Southern Lake, Alberta, just outside of Red Deer. But... Uh, why not just completely revamp it and have a guy that's brown and have a woman that are doing coach's corner? Like, hey, even a guy like me in coach's corner, I love hockey. And I think you have to have a little bit of edge and a little bit of brashness there and uh, have some bantering going back and forth and, and, and have some good fun with it as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a Band-Aid solution you know, for Coach's Corner. Just to finish off on my real-world topic and Don Cherry, I just want to quickly uh, quote what Don Cherry said. And he said when he got canned by the network, he said something completely opposite in terms of his employment with Sportsnet. He said, I could have stayed on if I wanted to and knuckle under and turned into a simp, but that's not my style. It's kind of strange to be unemployed halfway through the season. And of all days, Remembrance Day, it's sad. Well, and I'm thinking, well, what the heck is a simp? So then I look up a simp. And it means a man who foolishly overvalues a woman and puts her on a pedestal. Well, I don't know. 
I don't want to touch that. Um, and then the second part of it is a simple person lacking common sense, a fool or a simpleton. I think that could be Don Cherry. I'd like to introduce you to my first guest. She is an economic developer with, I think, over probably about over 20 years experience like myself in economic development. She's a colleague and a friend, and uh, I've really enjoyed working with her. Smart cookie, good at what, she's do- what she does, and uh, recently is uh, working for a, a town called the East Willenberry. East Willenberry, never heard of it. I'm not originally from Ontario. I'm from Calgary and Alberta and Red Deer area. But anyhow, um, Margo, Margo is a, uh, has had a very similar career to myself. Uh, she's worked in Alberta. She's worked in Camrose and a couple other places in Camrose. She worked in the uh, up in the um, the heartland for the uh, oil and gas as well. And then uh, she's she's originally from Ontario in the Waterloo area, and has had a very similar career as myself in the sense that she's an economic development consultant, done a lot of traveling. Uh, she's a dancer, I think, dancer or singer. Dancer, swinger, swimmer, I think it is. Singer, sw- swinger. <laughs> yeah, all of the above. Well, welcome to Exciting Economic Development. Thanks for uh, taking time to uh, interview. My pleasure. And, My pleasure. Uh, yeah. And so um, I want to first ask you, I sent you some questions. I'm going to generally follow them, but mm-hmm. uh, I'll uh, kind of add a little, a little bit on it. So uh, first question is, What's your definition of economic development? Uh, for me, I, I started economic development um, with a real strong foundation in community economic development. So I always look at it as the process of helping problems. So whether that's, you know, working with developers to be able to move forward uh, with the with a project or working with a business that wants to get started or grow or on the community side, if... Um, you know, I did a lot of work on um, skilled uh, worker attraction and population growth and things like that and trying to, you know, help communities solve their own problems. So it's really, for me, about um, building capacity. And that's kind of the, the legacy of economic development is if you can sort of instill those processes and that knowledge so that uh, communities can grow with without your help eventually. Yeah, that's really good. Perfect. Yeah. Well, that, that makes sense. So you want them to kind of develop it themselves, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, you've got to be able to provide them with some skills and and tools and, um, and you know, an effort. But I think it's also about, you know, always keeping an eye on trying to build that capacity so that, um, you know, you're not, it's not just sort of a, a one-off that, you know, overall the community c- continues to get stronger, whether it's through, um, you know, the attraction of business or the attraction of jobs or, you know, the retention of skills, but that you're, you know, one, one organization, one, one economic developer can never do it all. So the more you can kind of build that capacity for it to carry forward, the better it is. And I, I find that's the, the most exciting thing about the work. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's interesting, like, you know, at the end of the day, I think you hit a key point is that they need to do it themselves, but you you put the support structures in there in order to help them either grow their business or attract new businesses to the region. Right. And so, but it, yeah. no, I say, and sometimes it's about removing roadblocks, um, you know, as you, sure. as you know, or, um, 
and, and helping people understand why, why growth is important. Um, certainly run into that a lot. A lot of people don't understand uh, why we'd even want to focus on trying to attract business or help businesses grow because um, they don't really get the link between the contributions that businesses make to, to running a community and running a municipality. Yes, exactly. And then what those, what that assessment dollars mean too, actually to communities is quite substantial yep. too, because generally uh, businesses are, are, they're not heavy users of infrastructure and they're, and then they also, they also pay a higher tax rate comparative to right. residential and so then they support your local community. Yeah. And often they're, so, yeah, often they really are like important corporate citizens that are, you know, supporting activities or sports teams or, you know, they're providing, you know, they're helping to, uh, you know, lead the chamber of commerce, all those kinds of things. So it's, it's more than just the, the tax dollars. It's always um, education and communication and sort of managing relationships and helping people understand, um, you know, why certain things matter um because you know economic Mm. development is not particularly well understood and people have their ideas about what it is and like you said some people might think that it's it's just you know it's all about attracting um you know industry that's you know going to create 500 jobs but it's also supporting existing businesses um helping them to grow and expand and it's helping startups it's you know it's, it's all of those things and then also thinking, a f- you know, a few steps down the road, like what is it going to take to attract the talent pipeline that these businesses need? And so then you start thinking about, you know, quality of life and amenities and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. Sure. Okay, next question. So why do you love like Cyril? <laughs> you make an assumption there. Um... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I would say... Um, Cyril is, uh, well, a, definitely a unique individual. Um, Cyril is also kind of, um, in my experience, typical of the economic development community in that, um, it's, I found, um, not only colleagues, but some of my closest friends are in ECDEV and it's a very, um, we take care of each other. We share information. Um, we certainly, you know, share best practices. But more than that, I think we we care about each other on a personal level. And even though you make a terrible girlfriend when I'm talking about you know dating woes and stuff, you're you're even pretty good to hang out with. Otherwise, relationship troubles. You weren't particularly sympathetic, but otherwise, you know, you're all right. Well, I thought I. Thanks, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yep. What was the three things? There's more fish in more fish in the sea. It's not, not your, your first, first rodeo. rodeo, and there's yeah. And what's the last one? And again? when all else fails, bucket of ice cream. That's right. Eat a bucket yeah. of ice cream there. Yeah, you, you should probably copyright that. You know, I think there's 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 probably a business model in there somewhere. Uh, what is on your mind? Politics, life, etc. Oh, um, well, I've just recently started a, a new role, so it's it's kind of exciting. It's um, sort of rebuilding an economic development um, function within a community and um, that's sort of on the verge of some pretty significant growth. So um, I guess, you know, provincial politics and regional policies are um, on my mind because they, they impact our, abil- our ability to do things. Um, 
you know, working in an environment where there's um, a lot of uh, land is governed by environmental policy and, and conservation authority and trying to um, navigate, you know, the growth objectives with also trying to, um, you know, maintain a, a vibrant, you know, and pristine environment. So, you know, um, the the ideas around like relationship building and communication, like that's probably what I'm spending most of my time on right now. It's just, um, you know, trying to build those relationships so that um, people will at least listen um, when start talking about our growth objectives. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm just sort of trying to figure that out and um, get to know the, the new folks that I'm working with. I mean, in economic development, the principles are fairly universal, but there's always unique, um, unique interests and unique players. And I think that's part of what makes it interesting too. Yeah, no, I agree. Good answer. And in terms of, if you don't have that relationship, you're not able to make change. Right? For sure. People won't believe in you. Yeah. So, no, that's, that's great. Um, Tell tell a story about the most embarrassing moment with zero or without. <laughs> uh, I forgot about this question. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I tend to black out like those or blank out those embarrassing. Well, I moments. think that's an op- that's an operative kind of thing you just said. Yeah. Black out, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't tend to black out. I mean, I, yeah, what, I do have the tendency what, what you, of getting overtired and falling asleep in bars. I mean, I've done that a few yeah, times. That's what I'm yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that wasn't a blackout. That was fatigue. Come on. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're sawing away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, if a person works a really long work week and then goes to a conference reception, then a person might occasionally fall asleep in a in a, a bar after 10 p.m. That, that that can happen. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Don't worry. It's not embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. No. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's. I don't find it embarrassing. I was quite cozy. I got I had a little nap yeah. in, so it was, it was fine. And I was among, you know, yeah, I what, thought I was among friends, so it was a safe place to have you a sleep, right? So. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. But that was that wasn't a nap. That was like a sleep. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, I'm serious. We, we got there, and then we woke you up when we left. <laughs> yeah. As long as the fun time was had by all, then you know, no harm, no Absolutely. harm done. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So um, you've done some of this already. So, but uh, the next question is: uh, share your intellect, intellectual knowledge with listeners from your background. Sure. <laughs> um. Jeez, that's kind of a challenge. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know exactly where you want me to go with that. I think um, I can talk a little bit about how having a background in economics and stuff has helped. I mean, just because I think. I could, well, maybe you can talk. Like the one thing that you and I have in common is that we've been both in economic development for a number of years. Mm-hmm. How many years have you been in there? Twenty. I started when I was twelve. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, and then uh, I don't know. How, yeah, anyhow, um, and then um, I, I think I've been in it for probably twenty four or twenty five years, and uh, we have similar backgrounds mm-hmm. in that we both uh, have uh, worked for municipalities, and that we both have been consultants or are in consultants still, and then uh, and then move back and forth between municipalities, but also move back and forth between Alberta and Ontario. Yeah. And so you you were the um, 
executive director for Camrose, wasn't it? Uh, well, it was it was a re- regional economic development uh, association. So it actually was a group of twenty five municipalities. But I was based in Camrose, and they were one of the municipalities. So, yeah, I've I've been oh, sort yeah. of, I've done the the sort of the regional. Uh, organization that was the, kind of on the east coast in Nova Scotia. I worked for a regional entity, so that was arm's length from the municipality. They were funded by the mm-hmm. feds, the province, and the municipalities, but um, it was uh, had an exclusive focus on economic development, which was a really great training ground because we really covered the gamut of, you know, investment attraction, skill attraction, workforce development. Um, we did uh, business skills training. We worked with volunteer development and uh, and had a really robust uh, business retention and expansion program. So it was was a really great um, way to sort of learn the whole spectrum of economic development. And I went from there to Alberta, and uh, this was um, again, like I said, it was a an association of municipalities, and um, that was that experience. For me, what was important about that was actually being in Alberta and, and seeing a different part of the country and getting to understand a little bit more about Western Canada. Because when you live in Eastern Canada, you really don't understand, um, you know, how different the regions are and, and you, you know, the current frustrations that Alberta's facing and the alienation they're facing. Like, I get it because... Um, you know, in Eastern Canada, all you ever hear is like, you know, oil and gas bad and pipelines bad. And you don't ever understand that there are more sides to the story. And so getting the chance to live and and better understand other parts of our economy, I think, was really helpful. And I'm, I'm so glad I got to do that. Uh, and I also worked in the private sector. So um, that was a really great um, training ground for just... Um, you know, uh, I think anybody that works in sort of a high-pressure private sector environment and you know has to deliver uh, uh, and you know have a lot of demands and you know in a fast-paced environment that that's that translates when you're when you're working with business and um, kind of understand their world and and what you know what their objectives objectives and constraints are and you know the other other thing I've done is I've done the um, a fair bit uh, on the international side, so I got it to work in some developing economies. And for me, um, I still kind of think back to that because that's that found, that sort of reinforced the foundation of you know real grassroots economic development and and how important it is and and, and how effective it is. So I've been really lucky that I got to kind of touch on all kinds of different facets. But I feel like now bringing all of that back to a municipality. Um, has given me kind of a unique perspective uh, that I, I find is really valuable. Yeah, yeah, you have some great experience. So, what do you think is the solution to the, um, you know, being in, you've been out and lived in Alberta for I don't know how many years, five, ten years, maybe? And no, then, no, it was uh, not. It was just a couple of years, but yeah, oh, just a couple yeah. of years, and then you also have, you know, you grew up in Ontario mm-hmm. uh, around the uh, Waterloo area, right? Yep. Yeah, and so. Um, what do you think the solution is like with, uh, you know, Western Canada, Alberta, Saskatchewan specifically, they want to, the Brexit or the Wex, Wexit, I guess. Yeah. There. The older and, I uh, get, the more I think every problem comes down to communication. Uh, it's mm-hmm. really, it's, yeah, I mean, Albertans are feeling like 
you know, they're, uh, they're not getting the love from the rest of the country. And it's, it's a communication breakdown. It's just, uh, you know, the, I think media has a lot to do with it because there's not, you only get such a, uh, narrow kind of vision and, and understanding. I mean, it was, I don't recall ever in, um, you know, 15 years that I, that I did economic development in Nova Scotia ever hearing, um, you know, oil and gas discussed in a positive way or pipelines discussed, you know, from, you know, in terms of their merit and, um, you know, what, um, you know, any sort of positive attributes vis-a-vis the environment, those kinds of things. So you're just, it's really um, kind of, you're only ever hearing one side of the story. So uh, I've always thought that, you know, that, there, the first priority needs to be more opportunities for communication and building understanding and learning because um, people are making decisions on without having the full story. And I think now that's happening on both sides. Um, certainly, you know, Western Canada is feeling alienated and, and, and making assumptions about the rest of the country. Um, but if you put people in a room and have a conversation, I think that's that's where... Um, solutions come from and we just haven't we're so far apart physically geogra- geographically that um, that those conversations don't happen often enough and then um, you know politically it's more expedient to sort of rile people up and uh, get folks excited uh, if you want to sort of maintain interest and in political power and then for media you know they um, they're always going to lean towards uh, you know, sort of inflammatory or the negative spin because that sells more of whatever, you know, whether they're online or, or a traditional newspaper. So um, I think as Canadians, we need to create opportunities to have conversations and improve the understanding. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good answer. I agree. Communication is a big issue in it. And it's, it's, it's easy to instill fear, but it's harder to come up with a solution, right? Yeah, for sure. For for Canada, and uh, so I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit. But uh, so, do you think it's okay that Ontario and Quebec uh, import all their oil from places such as Venezuela, um, Russia, et cetera, rather than purchasing locally from Alberta, Saskatchewan? Well, I wouldn't. I not. I'm not, I don't claim to have a perfect understanding, but from what I've understand what I understood from you know people in the industry and and the way that pipelines work um, uh, I think I would say short answer no I think that pipelines are not as scary as they've been made out to be that um, when you look at you know the spaghetti bowl as they call it with all you know the pipelines you know that sort of crisscross um, all through uh, Southern Canada and the U.S., you know, for the most part without significant incident, that the the benefits of taking trucks off the road, the benefit of, you know, not having train cars um, and full of uh, fuel and, and, you know, that, 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 um, that there is reason to, to consider that a pipeline actually might be um, a safer, more environmentally friendly uh, more efficient answer and I just don't think we've had good conversations about that so no do I think that we should keep importing from from places where um, you know 
there are significant human rights concerns and you know those kinds of things um you know there's it, there's always even even if it costs us more though because the reason why we <clears throat> import it it's cheaper right to bring it in rather than to ship it like to pipeline it across and the eastern pipeline was going to be developed but it shut down and then that wasn't a cost thought, that but, wasn't a cost factor though that was a political decision it was political thing yeah no it wasn't a cost but I, I, it might be more expensive to buy it i don't i don't know the numbers there so i shouldn't venture there but uh um if you look at uh, quebec and quebec has said well we're not gonna even touch that dirty oil right and so that that leaves some pretty uh but there again, you know, right. And I think that there again, it's, it's a communication breakdown. It's, I mean, we're not really dealing in facts when we have those, those types of conversations. And um, I'm not, you know, you know, there's, the issues are complex. Uh, it's not black and white. And the same goes with, you know, if you're importing from Saudi Arabia, that that's a complicated issue. But, this, but um, is that preferential or to, um, you know, to using a Canadian product. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not convinced uh, that it is. And I think that, um, that sometimes, you know, pipeline is such a, such a hot button topic and gets dismissed out of hand before people really have all the facts and before people can actually make a considered decision about it. Sure. So, my next, I'm going to switch a little bit. Mm-hmm. There, my next question is: uh, Can you define what shift share analysis is and how a municipality can implement it? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you can. No, I really can't because I got another meeting in one minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Bas- I mean, basically, if you're looking at in in, in it's a tough question. Well, <laughs> In in the easiest possible terms, uh, it's looking at what you're good at and what you have an advantage in and being able to say that, you know, the numbers show us that we have relative to our neighbors and our, and our potential competitors, we have a, a, an advantage in this this type of industry or this sector. And that's where we're going to focus. So it's uh, it's just it's just a a layer of analysis that allows you to plan more effectively and hopefully have a good, yeah. uh, more effective predictor of success there. That's really good. Yeah. Very good. And I got there. it in yeah, minute. Impre- <laughs> yeah, impressive. So any final closing remarks? I know you have to get going. I'd like to thank you for uh, participating in exciting economic development. Uh, no, I'm glad you're doing this. I think, um, yeah, I am a complete economic development geek and I love it. And, uh, um, you know, every day I'm learning something new and uh, it's, it's, it's super exciting. So yeah, I agree. It's exciting economic development. (laughs) You know, I agree. And you're a good one. And that's why you're my first economic developer. (laughs) Oh, thank you. You are. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for taking your time. Have a great meeting and we'll talk soon. Uh, All right. Thanks, Cyril. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Margo did a great job of answering the shift share analysis question. It is really a difficult question. Most economic developers don't use it. A number of consultants such as myself and Margo would implement it for a community. Essentially what it is, it's uh, determining the competitive advantage uh, for that industry locally and uh, comparing that to the larger economy. So good job, Margo, on that. Um, That's a wrap on exciting economic development. 
uh, stay tuned for next week's episode called I Don't Know. But And I hope you enjoyed exciting economic developments.